Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could never edit that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I'm all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host, Danny B. And today I'm super excited to speak to Nicola Moriarty. She has published novels Free Falling, Paper Chains, The Fifth Letter, Those Other Women, and The X. But today we talk about her brand new novel, You Need to Know, which was a brilliant, twisty, and compelling domestic thriller. Welcome, Nicola. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. We start with an elevator pitch as to what your book is about. I sort of alluded to it, but with not much detail. So it is, uh, it opens with a car accident on Christmas Eve uh, and then moves back in time to have a look at the people involved in the car accident and what's going on, on in their lives in the lead up to that and to try and figure out who caused the accident. And along the way, there are lots of twists and turns and lots of characters and it explores lots of important issues. And I love that in a book that's also a thriller because I'm a massive fan of those kind of thriller, psychological thrillers, where there's lots happening and there's always, you know, multiple twists at the end. I think with what I like about your writing is you think that's the twist, but that's not the twist. There's another twist. (laughs) So I quite like that, you know, when you're reading it because you can never guess. And I read a lot of books and when I can't guess what's coming ahead, that's when I know that I'm onto something good. You explore lots of issues and one of them I wanted to talk about was motherhood and you talk about an aging mother a mother who becomes reliant on external factors shall we say without giving too much away <laughs> yep. to get through the woman uncertain if she wants to be a mother at all why were these particular issues about motherhood so important for you to explore uh, I guess it's just I often seem to explore things that are going on in my own life with each book I'm finding the characters in each book seem to grow with me as well in age and so I guess it just makes sense to me to sort of write about things so that I know and so I've got two daughters um, who are 12 and 10 
Uh, and so, yeah, I like the idea of, so we've got the mother who has the teenage daughter and slightly younger daughter, but then she also has twins. So it gave me a chance to kind of, and I suppose as well, because I'm at this stage now where it's kind of last chance if you want to have <laughs> one more. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I get to kind of go back and look at what it was like, you know, when I did have newborn babies. Um, and I guess just because I know there are so many different types of motherhood and so many different issues and all of the motherhood um all of the guilt that comes with motherhood is something that I find fascinating and I like exploring so I guess it made sense then to put in all these mothers at different stages and making different decisions and to look at the guilt that they all deal with based on what they do or don't do and I think you're so right and I think for me becoming a mother that guilt that constant guilt it was so unexpected that's something I wasn't expecting everyone warns you about all the other things Mm. but I think guilt was something that I've never really prepared myself for were you the same yeah definitely I I feel like there was so much that I wasn't prepared for you (laughs) yeah yeah at every stage when they grow up like oh right I thought I was all over this but now they're you know whatever age they are (laughs) yeah um yeah and I definitely I remember um having my first daughter and thinking because I'd grown up in a house where my mum fostered babies so I'd helped out with the babies all along the way I felt like I knew how to look after a baby therefore thought I'll be really good at motherhood and didn't realize how different it is when it's your own and when it's Mm. 24 7 and all of a sudden there's all these emotions and feelings and yeah everything that comes with it there's there's no way to prepare for it no there isn't I really like what you said as well about the last chance you know of motherhood as well because that's another factor that again Mm. when you sort of come to a particular age and you think you know this is it either I'm not going to have children or I'm not going to add to my family and it's something that only women can face and know what that feels like and I felt that was really interesting too with one of your characters who it's like it's now or never and it's a massive decision if you get it wrong yeah you've got this whole life to regret that decision so I just found that so interesting and, and resonated so much with me as a mother myself yeah yeah well I'm yeah definitely at the stage where sometimes I think oh babies they're so cute I could have one more and then I kind of go oh my god would you really want to go all the way back to that stage when you've got kids who are uh, getting their own independence and you know uh, I was gonna say so much easier right now but I'm also <laughs> in a preteen stage so I should prepare myself for it <laughs> or try to and every age yeah. has their different challenges don't they you know like yep. you think the baby stage like you know you, if you've had a baby you kind of know what that's about but then you mm. know there's the, the toddler stage and I'm at the sort of six and eight stage and you're at the preteen stage and there's just a myriad of all these things that you're like oh my god I thought I was all over this but I'm not I'm right back yep. <laughs> at the beginning again but I love that I thought that was a really important part of the book Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, I have to ask, they've got three brothers in this book who are authors of varying <laughs> degrees of success. And I thought, should I ask her this question? <laughs> of course you should. <laughs> of course I should ask you this question. <laughs> um, I'm wondering, I mean, obviously it's not all the parallels for people who are going to read the book. I'm not going to yep. give it away. But did you sort of draw on some of your own experiences of writing who you obviously have sisters who are writers? Yes, yeah. So, yeah, I did do it as a bit of a tongue-in-cheek kind of. <laughs> I uh, yeah I'm we all just of... going is this me is this what are you, are you writing about me <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
I think in the end, even though I kind of did it as a bit of a, okay, I've got three brothers, what should I do with their <laughs> careers? And then it, I started thinking, I'd like to have a character as a writer. And then I suddenly went, what if they were all writers? This will be quite funny. Um, but then, and yeah, I guess I did kind of think about it being a way to explore our lives as being siblings and writers but very quickly they became their own people and so and I think enough so that um my sisters reading the book didn't feel <laughs> like there was no hey which one's me or anything like that they were so different that it was okay so yeah absolutely yeah. and look I, I just thought I'd have to ask you because it must be yes. interesting I mean I, I wanted to ask when you get together for Christmas is it all you talk about or is it off the table and you don't talk about it because everyone else is bored by it yeah, it's probably half and half, I guess. <laughs> there definitely, you know, it definitely comes up because, you know. Jobs come up, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we have, yeah, stuff to talk about. But, yeah, there's, you know, the rest of the family who aren't, they've got things to talk about too, so it doesn't take long before we move off onto other topics and yeah, so, and I don't think they get driven too crazy by it. <laughs> <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> yeah, that I know of, yeah. Mm. Now, what I really liked as well, the book was from a number of perspectives and I was wondering as a writer, you know, how do you manage that? Um, how do you manage the threads and how do you character develop? Because, you know, you flip from one character to another, but as a reader it was really easy to slip back into the brains of your characters. Oh, and so, yeah, no, it was, you know, how sometimes <laughs> you read a book and you think, oh, hang on, who's this character again? And, you know, it gets a bit much in your head this was very you know really good to follow in that in that way and I was wondering how do you build your characters and then how do you decide that this character needs their own voice I think um for me it made it going from one character to another made the writing process easier for me because I found that I just made the decision based on say I'd might write a chapter or write a segment and suddenly feel stuck with them and feel like what's about to happen next for you? I'm not sure. Okay, I know what I do. I'll go to somebody else. And so it actually helped me to progress the story to be able to go from one person to another. Um, probably there was, you know, then when it came to maybe the end of the first draft, there was probably a bit of work to do to go back and make sure I had developed them enough because of the jumping around. So, you know, that was when I'd have to kind of look into each one and go, you know, do, do I really know enough about this person, what they look like, what their past was, um, what their apartment or their house looks like, that kind of thing. So, yeah, definitely I did need to work hard to make sure that was there. But, yeah, along the way as far as developing the story, it helped to be able to spur the story along. Mm, yeah. yeah. And I thought it must be hard as a writer as well. I mean, you've got three brothers, but you really have to be able to differentiate them. So the reader goes, yeah, I'm with this brother and I'm with this brother. So I think that yep. was part of it as well. And really knowing who they were. Yeah. And I think I made the decision about who, which voices I wanted to hear. I think I made that decision pretty much right from the start. I knew who was going to tell the story. Mm -hmm. I think <laughs> I'm going to remember <laughs> now. It all gets kind of. Yeah. Blur, it gets all muddled up and with you know this draft and this draft and yeah. you kind of get to the end and you're not really sure how it all came together it's just a relief <laughs> when it does all come together. Yeah. it's interesting when you when you don't choose a character voice and they're still you know quite an important part of the novel and I wanted to ask were they ever a voice or did you think not nah, like they're in the novel but they don't get a perspective yeah, no, I don't think there was ever any voices that got cut from this one. Definitely previous novels yep. I've had that. I've had voices that, you know, didn't end up 
needing to be there so they Mm -hmm. got cut but with this one it was pretty much always just the ones that I chose were the ones who spoke and um and apart from you know I do have one that comes in right near the end yeah you know obviously I have to be careful of spoilers (laughs) and stuff um and and that decision was made at that stage as well well I kind of suddenly went I need to hear from her Mm -hmm. now I feel like it's important to get her perspective on this but it um was never a plan to have her there all along or anything like that mm-hmm. so no, yeah I, find, no. I always find that very interesting particularly when you you start writing like you said with your other books a particular character and then you think no scrap that is yeah. that a voice that's in your head and you're ignoring as you're writing it or are you just exploring yeah I think well I mean for instance with my first book I had um three different voices and it was actually it they were there right till the very end and it wasn't until it was getting published that the editor said I want to take this voice away um because it was in that book it's a um a girl whose fiance has passed away and I had um sort of her voice I had the fiance's mother and the fiance himself I went back in time six months to the Mm -hmm. lead up to his death and the publisher actually said oh I don't want his voice because it takes away from the fact that he's gone. Mm-hmm. So it was basically a third of the book. That I was I about had. to ask that. Yeah. yeah, that I had to rip out and kind of go, okay, how do I get, you know, the important parts of the story back in through everybody else's eyes and and another 30,000 words back into the book as well. It was a bit of a shock, but, you know, I think the book ended up um better for it mm-hmm. um yeah so in that case it was it was more me kind of taking on board yeah advice mm. from the experts so. yeah no and I love that because I think as long as everyone's on the same page about trying to make it the best work it can be that's mm. great but it must have been hard to go third of this book is now yes. over here <laughs> yeah it was it was daunting definitely yeah, absolutely yeah now I Introduction to the publishing world to go okay this is this yeah, is how it is this yep. is how it works yep. yep, yeah absolutely and what I I loved and we can't give anything away so I don't like to give spoilers because I think people should be able to read the book or want to read the book or be halfway through reading the book while they listen to these episodes but you know there is the question of moral ambiguity and I love that about you know do you get to decide the fate of other people do you get to decide the fate because they're the worst kind of person how did you manage that without going into too much detail? Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting question, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I agree. And, um, yeah, like you said, it's so hard to talk mm. about without giving yeah. anything <laughs> away. But it was definitely something that I I wanted to explore. I wanted to explore, you know, I wanted to have characters that had, um, you know, a, some darkness to them in some cases, obviously, quite a lot in other cases you know whether it was uh just that uh thing of hiding from the truth um you know or denying it not wanting to know um yeah uh it was just and when it came to the research for this book that was quite um daunting as Mm -hmm. well um you know if people read it then they'll understand what I mean when they yeah, see <laughs> yes. what, what topics are covered in there yep. but yeah definitely a challenging experience writing mm. this book one in trying to delicately explore all these issues yeah and I don't know if you can say because I don't know if it's, it's going to be too much of a giveaway but yep. was there something about your research that surprised you or 
haunted you or Mm, yeah maybe um there was some surprising things in my research kind of learning about I don't know how to word it without yeah just people with um yeah yes yeah people learning about specific people that you talk about in your book (laughs) yes yes so hard to yes I know um yeah yeah, I can't, I can't. No, that's okay. I thought it <laughs> might have been a tricky question. That's okay. Yeah. I, but, you know, I thought it was worth asking because I imagine I imagine researching that would have been tricky at mm. times. But, you know, yes. if, if once people really want to read this book once they hear this interview, Nicola. Yeah, I hope <laughs> like, so. I'll be like, what are they talking about? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought because there's so much mystery and intrigue but then it's set sort of in this domestic setting but it crosses genres in some ways. And do you think about that when you're writing or do you just go, I'm writing what I want to write, that's not my problem at this point? Yeah, I think I think it pretty much does come down to I just write the story and then I wait and see how the publishers want to sort of package it and present mm-hmm. it. And I have found it interesting that I think between Australia and the UK they do package slightly differently Mm -hmm. definitely in the UK they present it as more of a straight out thriller and I agree with you though it it crosses genres Mm -hmm. and um and I've already read some reviews where people have said oh you know it's um marketed as a thriller but I feel like it's more of a drama and I think yeah I I agree it's it's a bit of you know it has it could be both suspense yeah Mm. yeah it can be both it has suspense but I could understand people kind of going but it's not a straight out thriller as far Mm. as that kind of you know um make you jump moment kind of thing that you expect from a thriller Mm -hmm. that kind of thing um so I guess it's perceptions too of the genre because when I think of a thriller I think it being on a long sort of band that you know it can be a bit more dramatic or it can be a bit more thriller up this end you know so there's like this long sort of you know, genre of thriller that it could fit into. Like yeah. That's your expectation of, of what a thriller is and I guess what you've read before. But, yeah, I think it definitely can fall into either of those. But I like that. I like that, you mm. know, thing because genre is really for, for bookshops and marketing. It's not for readers, yeah. real, I guess. Yeah, yeah, only to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess there's usually, I suppose, you look at a front cover of a book and you can have some expectations just based yeah. The way it looks you know if it's going to be light or heavy or dark or you know whether you're going to get your happy ending that kind of thing um but yeah I kind of I, I worried at first when I started to write books that were getting a bit more within suspense and then especially with my last book the X um when I got sent on a um crime writers tour thing and mm-hmm. I suddenly went did I write crime? I didn't know that I did that. Um, And so then I had a bit of a moment of, oh, what should I be working on next? But like you said, um, it came down to just writing the story. It was just, well, I'll not worry about whether it fits into crime or thriller or anything else. I'll just go, here's the story I want to tell. And um, good luck to the publishers choosing a cover. <laughs> well, they're the experts, so, yeah. you know, leave it to them. Yeah, yes. But I think even the Australian cover, it's, it, it does have a sort of thrillerish edge, I think. Yeah, it does. I agree with, like, the car on fire and yeah. everything. And yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah. 
Now, there's some great twists in this story. Like I said, I love how you, you give us a twist and you think that's a twist, but no, 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 there's like four more coming. Yeah. So <laughs> do you plan, do you plot, do you go, I need a twist here, a twist there, or do you do it organically? I need to know how this works. Yep. Um, I think definitely more organically. Um, like, for instance, with this book, I had the idea of a car accident. I had this idea in my head of, um, and I think maybe it came from the last time, you know, a couple of years back that I myself came upon a car accident and stopped and got out to help. Um, and then I think it just played on my mind for a while and I started imagining what if you stopped at a car accident and you realised you knew the people involved. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what I had in my head. But when I started writing it, I didn't know um, who was going to cause the accident. I didn't know who was going to survive the accident. I sort of, I had no idea really. I knew that, you know, I wanted there to be some kind of a twist around, you know, exactly how it all happened. But um, no, and the rest of the sort of twists that come along the way all just kind of happened as I was writing, as I was like, you know, you get to a certain stage in the book and you're like, what should happen next? And then um, it just seems to work out that it'll suddenly go, um, ooh, what if this happens? And it all falls into place and it's nice when it happens that mm, way. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I do. I find that um, listening to writers talk about how it happens organically. I think that's really mm. nice if you can do that instead yes. of just, I think it might feel more natural than going, oh, I need a plot point here and a plot point there. I mean, everyone works differently, but I like how, um, yes. I like that process too. I don't know that I could do that, but I like that process. I think it's, it's yeah. great. Well, I mean, sometimes though I look at writers who do a lot of planning mm. and I feel quite envious of them. <laughs> I think, oh, that must be nice to sit down and go, right, you know, I know that I'm working on this scene and I know that I'm working towards this happening. And, so yeah, sometimes I look at that and I think, well, maybe that's a better way to work. It's but, funny. Everyone wants to be what they're not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I figure I've got to, you know, trust that if it doesn't work for me that way, then I need to do it the way that it works. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think by now I think you can probably trust yourself, I reckon. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Why are you drawn to this particular genre? Well, whatever genre it is, you yes. Know. <laughs> um, generally, I just like to write what I know I would like to read. Mm-hmm. So I think it basically comes down to that. I write a story that I know I would like to pick up and read. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I always want a satisfying ending in the end. So, you know, whether like, you know, generally speaking, a happy ending without it being you know the perfect happily ever yeah. after but I like I like things to work out um yeah. should at least be tied up somehow yeah exactly yeah. I know that if I read a book I I want to finish it and feel like oh good everything's kind of yeah like you said tied mm. up even though um, not without their their complexities and secrets and that's what mm. I like about your ending too because you know I don't think anyone wants to get to the end of a book with a perfectly you know tied up yeah I think you want to get to the book with satisfying, but there's still a little bit of complexity yeah, going. Yeah, some little open-ended things here that is okay where you can kind of imagine. Yeah, what, yeah. They're, they're my kind of favourite endings and that was definitely, I think, what came out with yours. Thank you. Yeah, actually my mum said to me recently after reading it about one of the characters and, again, I won't give anything away, <laughs> but she said to me, do you think she's okay? Is she going to be all right? <laughs> 
Yeah, I think she'll be fine, Mum. Yeah. She'll be okay. I yeah. think so too. I think I know which one you're talking about and yep. I, I envision that she's going to be okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> there was definitely lots of possibilities for that character yes. to be okay. So, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> now, I love to ask um, all the guests who come on to this podcast this question, Nicola. Why do you write? Oh, um, I've just always loved it. I like creating worlds. I find it cathartic. Um, I loved reading as a kid. I loved writing as a kid. Um, yeah, it's just something that um, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I do it because it's fun. And it helped that I had um, a teacher in year five who um, read one of my stories out to the class. And I remember just feeling really proud and happy and thinking that's what I want to do so yeah um yeah I just love it I love those moments when you know the teacher maybe they've forgotten that moment but that moment shaped your life and I find those moments so interesting and so important because you know maybe that teacher did remember because it was such an amazing story but (laughs) you know sometimes those people don't remember that moment that had such a profound impact on you I think that's amazing isn't it yeah, I'd love to be able to, you know, track her down on social mm. media and go, hey, thank you for encouraging me, encouraging me back then because, you know, it really made a difference. But yeah. no idea how to find her. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, if you're a teacher yeah. listening and you talk, you know, Nicola, <laughs> get in touch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mrs. Walsh. And I, I know it's Mrs. Walsh, but I'm, you know, I don't know her first name. So. I'm sure there's too many Walsh <laughs> out there to try and track it down. But isn't that amazing? That was year, year five, did you say? Yep, year I'm five. pretty sure it was year and five. And you yeah. remember the name of your teacher, you know, back yeah. in year five who made that difference. Like I just, I love those stories. Well, thank you so much. I loved your book so much. I just thought, like I said, I love the twists and turns and the characters were just so good. Even if you disliked the characters, they were so good. Thank and um, I thought it really explored so many interesting things that sort of resonate with us all in terms of motherhood and ageing and you know what we're going to do next and if we've chosen the right path so I love a book that makes me think but then makes me not be able to guess the ending so you did all of that so thank you and thank you so much for your time thank you thank you for your very kind words